Authenticity Podcast. So Jill, how's it going? It is going well. Thank you so much for having me on, Jahan. Oh, it's good to have you here. Um, I was on your show, The You World Order, a little while ago. <laughs> Showcase podcast. And your episode will be dropping eventually. <laughs> eventually. So um, I just found you to be very authentic and this is the boundless authenticity podcast and mm-hmm. um i think that the things that you have to say would be very helpful because i always get the question how do i get into coaching and i was like don't ask me that question <laughs> <Ask Jill. laughs> well thank you so much for bringing that up because i am the coach's alchemist and i spin talent into gold but i'm also the host of the you world order showcase podcast which is all about featuring life health and transformational coaches who are trying to be the change they want to see in the world and if we want to talk about a little bit on the podcasting front i I'd like to recommend that when people want to get onto podcasts, they maybe consider what the end goal of getting on that podcast would be. So you come to the podcast equipped with information that you want to share with the audience and you do want to be your authentic self. You want to bring the pieces of you that make you interesting to the show and unique, but you need to help the, help the host a little bit (laughs) in terms of what, what do you want to talk about? And what are you, what are you trying to share with the audience in terms of helping them be better at what they're doing? We were talking a little bit before the show about um, what makes a good podcast guest or, or even just getting started in podcasting, um, and, and how people will come to you and want to be on your show. And because of the, the nature of the way that I, um, started my show, the, the U world order showcase podcast, um, it, I had a lot of people coming to me because I didn't start with just life health and transformational coaches. I started with like anybody, anybody that wanted to be on my show was like, great. And I was doing recording, like, I don't know, three and four podcast episodes a day. (laughs) And you just can't keep that up (laughs) long-term. So I, I narrowed it down to just life health and transformational coaches. And they're, they're just such interesting people and they're doing so much to change the way the world is shaped right now. So do you have any thoughts on that? <laughs> I feel like I'm doing all well, the talking. I, I agree with you. That's why I started um, this podcast. And I just wanted the theme to be everything related to the evolution of human consciousness. And that's mm-hmm. all encompassing, honestly. But somehow it's helped me. Just having such a broad title has actually done the opposite. And it's helped me to narrow down to, like I said, things like would, that would be considered unspeakable truths or what we commonly know as conspiracy theories or Mm -hmm. spiritual things and why that's good. And why that works is because I get so many emails from people saying, thanks so much for having this person on. It was such a good conversation. I learned so much about this thing and that thing. And there's so much misinformation online about this. So, you know, people are really grateful for me to have these people on. And, and a lot of these people are somewhat out of reach as well with, 
their message. Like if you don't have a subscription to Gaia TV or something, you won't ever hear about what these people have to say. So it helps. And there's a concerted effort to like suppress a lot of this information. Yeah, you know, it's true. called conspiracy theories because they don't want you knowing. It was a label that the FBI or the CIA created to marginalize people that actually might be onto something. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> there you go. You know, and it, it works in my favor too because a lot of those people are like, "Hey, how much for your coaching? Take my money." So <laughs> I, always, <laughs> I always love that because I get a chance to help people that you know I would not find them inside of my ordinary marketing strategy. So. You're the expert on that. Why don't we talk about that? Like, what is the importance of having a, a business plan and a good marketing strategy? Well, I'm so glad you asked because it all starts with having an offer. And most, most entrepreneurs out there that are just starting out really just want to help everybody with everything. And unless you narrow down what it is, the exact problem you're solving, it's really hard to make an offer to somebody to help them because you don't really know specifically what problem you're solving. And more importantly, they don't understand what problem you're solving. So number one is having an offer and knowing who you're talking to, knowing that you're talking to somebody who's suffering from that problem and trying to discern whether those people that are suffering from the problem that you solve are able to pay you for that solution or are willing to pay you for that solution. And, you know, that's not always the case. You know, we have things that we do that, you know, we can help people with, but the people that we can most help with that either can't afford us or don't really feel that the problem is worthy of the amount of money that you need to charge in order to get them a solution. And when it comes down to charging, oftentimes coaches get kind of afraid to charge what they really need to charge. And I would, I would recommend that you reevaluate the way that you're charging things charging for your programs in that when you're charging a significant amount of money to solve somebody's problem, they're more likely to get a good result because they're invested in it. So you're not really charging a lot of money for just yourself. You're charging a lot of money for them. If you give things away for free, most people value it for the amount of investment they, they have in it, <laughs> which is nothing. <laughs> so, um, think about that when you're pricing your programs or when you're telling people, this is how much it is. I, don't be afraid. You know, they, they going to say yes or no. If they're telling you they're going to think about it, what they're really doing is saying no without taking responsibility for that answer. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely true. And, um, one of my mentors told me a long time ago, He's like, listen, Louis Vuitton makes billions of dollars off of 10% of the people that come into their store. You can't really be afraid to charge. And it's so true. Um, but you know what? It reminds me of the time I bought a mango that cost $6 when I knew I could pick one off of the tree. I'll tell you what, that $6 mango tasted better than anything <laughs> I've gotten for It really free. does. You're so <laughs> invested in it. 
And it's like, you know, people that go on diets, you know, if they get a lot of dieting information and it's free and their buddies come to town, you know, the pizza and beers, the diet's out the window. They're going off and doing what they want to do. But if they're paying like a good amount of money for help with losing weight, like, you know, three or five or $10,000, you're going to get those results because when your buddies come to town, you're going to think twice about just, you know, piling in the car and going for pizza and beer. You might go for a walk instead, take water. (laughs) It's just, just being invested. Yeah, that's true. And the next part of the, the next part of the thing is that you have to have a marketing plan. So many people just throw stuff at the wall and hope it sticks. And the big part of that is that it needs to be cohesive and it it's, you can do it in lots of different ways, but, and it kind of goes back to what I was saying when I first came, started this interview. And that was that you have to know what your purpose is for anything that you're doing when it comes to marketing, you need to do it with intention and you need to do it strategically. When you're posting on social media, you need to move your prospects and really everyone is a prospect until they become a lead and a lead is somebody that you're having a conversation with and then they become a client. It's just, those are the labels that we put on it so that we all understand what the process is. But when you're, when you're posting content, that content needs to be aimed at a specific group of people who have the problem that you're going to solve. And then you need to have a next logical step for them to take where you solve a micro problem so they can get some results from working with you. And then you move them to the next logical step, which is actually working with you. So if you just follow those three steps, anytime you do a podcast interview, anytime you do a a content Um, campaign on social media, anytime you do videos, any of those things need to all be aimed at solving this micro problem that your thing that you're going to offer will get them a small win with. And then the third part of the thing is that you need to have an overall cohesive marketing or business plan. And a business plan just helps you understand how to get the result that you're hoping to get out of having a business. If you're a coach, you're in business. It, it, it's just, I'm sorry. I know everybody becomes coaches because they just want to help people. And usually they want to help people who are suffering from a problem that they overcame themselves. But if you don't know what your end game is, you're just going to be spinning your wheels because you Yep. You won't know how to like fix things. And you, and, and it, then it goes back to the marketing strategy. You need to be able to collect data with your marketing strategy to see what's working. If you're just doing the throw spaghetti at the wall and hope something sticks method, then, you know, when, when something does actually work and you get some traction with it, you have no idea why or and you can't duplicate it and do more of it. And that's, that's where the scalability part comes in. If you understand what you need to do, then it's just becomes a math problem. 
after that. You want to do X number of dollars volume of business. You need to reach Y number of people in outreach. And then you have to have so many conversations and you'll get so many clients and you can measure the data and it becomes, it becomes scalable at that point because you just know you can add people in to help you expand and take, you know, in the beginning, everybody's doing everything themselves. And that's also not sustainable. You reach a point where you just have to bring on a team. So that's it in a nutshell. (laughs) (laughs) I want to go back to that part about um, not being able to charge. What do you think is the root cause of something like that where people just don't think they have problems selling their product or service? What do you think that's about? I think it's about a couple of things. One is that they're unsure of themselves and they think that they're going to just race everybody to the bottom. And two, they're, they're trying to make money at the expense of trying to solve problems. When you have conversations with people, sales conversations, it's really about solving problems. And if you're talking to a person who has the means to afford what you're offering, has the desire to actually do what, to get the problem solved that you solve. And if they have the authority to make the decision, then the sale will be easy because it's, it's, it's solving a problem for them. It's not really selling anybody, anything. We, we never really sell people stuff to me. Sales is a, in that perspective is about manipulation and they're in the eighties and nineties. That was a really big thing. You know, let's manipulate people into making a purchase and, I'm, I'm not about that at all. I don't think that that's a, a really great way to do business. But when you're just out there solving problems and helping people, they will compensate you for it. If you can help them come to the conclusion themselves that they really do need you. And that's, that's the, the real secret. And when it comes to charging enough, you need to you need to value your, your service commensurate with the result that they're going to get. If you are doing something that's, um, that's really, really hard for people to find the solution to, and that you don't have a really big audience, um, then you're going to charge more for it. Like, you know, the Louis Vuitton thing, it's, it's a purse or a bag. I mean, it. you can buy one for, you can get them for free at the grocery store. Okay. <laughs> they come with your produce, <laughs> but he has, he's built a brand around it and he's made it very exclusive and the more exclusive, and he only sells to a certain group of people because he only wants his bag to be seen with a certain group of people. So he charges a lot of money for these these bags that you could get at the grocery store. <laughs> it's just for holding stuff. Okay. <laughs> I mean, ultimately that's its purpose, but it, he, he has in his, he had in his mind, this, 
thing that he was going to produce and make it really exclusive. And, and he, he figured out a way to make people kind of compete for it. And I don't think he makes a lot of any of them that he does. They're probably like maybe a couple things that are mass produced are much cheaper than things that are like one-offs or twos, onesie twosie sort of things like Rolls Royces. Those are all handmade cars. So they're really expensive and it's really hard. Uh, it's really exclusive to buy them. You're, you're part of an exclusive group that can afford to buy them. You can take that to your coaching practice as well. You know, Joe Dispenza charges a lot of money for people to go to his retreats and stuff, but he's, he's kind of exclusive. He works with a certain group of people. You have to go through some hoops before you can do that. You, you can't just go to his things. You have to do some training in order to get to the level that he expects you to be at to attend his really expensive things. Yeah, I see Does what you're saying. Answer and, your question? Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. And <laughs> it makes sense um, because I think that a lot of people who want coaching don't see themselves as being different. Like they see themselves as being really special and they just think that any old coach will do. It's like, but what is the problem you're having though? Because you can't go to a, I don't know, a relationship coach with your health problem. They just think any coach is going to do. And I get a lot of people who think, oh, you, you must be the guy that can solve all my problems for me. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Like what, what is actually going on in your life? You have to tell me everything. You can't just sit there and, and half-ass it because you're not going to get very far. Yeah. And you have one thing that you help people with and, and people need to be able to come to you and say, okay, Jahan, I know that you help with self-sabotage. That's the thing that you're really good at. And they need to have certain expectations and you need to be able to relate to them how, how you're going to help them solve that one specific problem, not all of the other problems that they have. And as holistic coaches, you know, you want to do the mind, body, and spirit. I, I get, I totally get that. Almost every coaching program is, is based on the same modalities. It's just that how you, how you share it makes you unique. And that's, that's the thing people need to really press into is their uniqueness and help because you know, there's not a billion people in the world. You don't have to help everybody. You just have to help the people that you were meant to help. And you need to shine your light really brightly. So those people can find you in the sea of other people that are out there. I, I've talked to so many coaches and they all do something so special. And they could all be like, talk to dozens of financial coaches, each financial coach does something that's unique and it doesn't speak to everybody, but the people that it does speak to, it's 
speaks loudly to them because that's what they need in a coach. Yeah. So tell us why you would need to track everything. You need to track everything so that you know what's working and what's not. When you track your data, you're able to, well, you can scale for one thing, but if you're not- I can already hear a lot of people going, ah, no, I don't want to have to do that. <laughs> I, I know. I'm one of those people. I'm a big picture person. I was a big bookkeeper in my other life, but, and I, I liked it because it's about puzzles. I love puzzles. I hate math, but I love puzzles. And I kind of look at data tracking like a big puzzle. Like, how do I get this big picture from these numbers? And it doesn't take a lot to track your data. It's just getting in the habit of doing it, you know? And, and when you have a cohesive marketing strategy, if, if you're, if you're planning out what you're doing and you're knowing how many contacts you need to make, um, and you're, or how many podcasts you need to be on or you know, whatever your marketing strategy is, if you're doing it in campaigns of maybe, it just depends on what your marketing strategy is, but knowing what you're posting, knowing how many of the lead magnets you need to get out there or the books, if your book is your lead magnet and how many, um, it's usually, it's usually set up in a two-step close, and I'll just put it that way. When it comes to marketing, you have a, an, a brief interview that's usually like 10 or 15 minutes where you find out if the person is really has a problem that you can solve, if the person has the authority to make the decision, and if they have the means to make the purchase. Those are the three things that are normally covered in what they call a setting call. And then from there, they go to a, a, a sales call or a discovery call or whatever you want to call it. But it's, that's just the mechanics of how it works. And if you understand the mechanics of what you're doing, then it makes it easier when you're tracking your data to know what those numbers need to be, because there's a certain percentage of people that are going to see your content from there, there's going to be a percentage of those people that will want your lead magnet. From there, it'll be a certain number of people that will ask for a, a quick consult. And then from there, a certain number of those will go to a sales call and a certain number of those people that you have on the sales call will actually be your client. And if you're tracking those numbers, then you need to know, then you'll know how much content you need to put out there, if, whether it's advertising or just posting um, or podcasts that you need to be on. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. So track your numbers or don't. But if you track your numbers, you could you can figure out where you need to fix things. Like if you're not getting enough sales calls, it's probably because you're not getting enough people in the front door in terms of being aware of who you are. You need to add traffic. Traffic's probably the easiest thing to do these days because 
you can do ads, you can do short videos, you can hire people to do things for you. And they they work. They they get eyeballs on your content. Yeah. And then then if you know your numbers, you know how many eyeballs you need to get on that content to give away however many you need to give away of your free thing to get X number of people on a discovery call. Yeah. You have anything else to add? Um, well, I have a free thing that I'm willing to give away. <laughs> Tell me about to help it. coaches get clarity around their offer. It's called create an I uh, create an offer your ideal client can't resist. And it will help you with three steps to get clarity on what it is that you're actually offering, what problem you solve for your clients. All right. That sounds good. And can I tell them where to get it? Yeah. Go to www.createanoffer.com and it's free. That sounds good to me. So Jill, thanks for being on the Boundless Authenticity Podcast. Are there any other links that we can find you at? No, just go there, download that, and create your best offer. Thanks right. for having me, Jahan. I've really enjoyed being here. Thanks for being on. Talk to you again soon. Okay.